The VPM Daily Newscast is sponsored by Kanawa Capital Management. Your financial life is unique, complex, and dynamic. Kanawa Capital Management's team of credentialed professionals has been helping its clients build wealth and confidence through personalized planning and informed investing since 1989. Learn more at cancap.com. That's K-A-N-C-A-P.com. You're listening to the VPM Daily Newscast, the recap of today's top stories in Central Virginia. From the VPM Newsroom in Richmond, I'm Benjamin Dolly. Experts say recent events in Virginia show the Commonwealth still struggles to address hate crimes against Muslims. Meg Schifres has more. Ramadan is a month of fasting and worship for Muslims. In the midst of the celebration this year, vandals broke into and desecrated the West End Islamic Community Center. Kashif Perez is the center's treasurer. He says the attack has left the community in shock. This is a place to worship so everybody should feel safe. The last thing you want to worry about is safety in a place like this. You come to reflect and pray. Henrico County Police have not yet classified the attack on the center as a hate crime. Perez says the incident felt like a hate crime. Huzaifa Shabaz works with the Council of American Islamic Relations. He says Muslims suffer the consequences every day of underreported hate crimes. Why there's so much underreporting is that there's a lack of trust Muslim communities have in law enforcement. Shabaz wrote a report on the impact of Islamophobia in 2021. It found discrimination reports were up 9% nationwide from a year earlier. That included more than 1,000 complaints in the D.C., Maryland, and Virginia area. State police identified two cases of anti-Islamic crimes in Virginia for 2020. They have not released 2021 data. Meg Schifres, VPM News. Governor Glenn Youngkin's administration is adding religious concepts to its mandatory diversity training for state employees. An online module references the phrase, quote, Almighty Creator. The General Assembly first mandated diversity training for state employees in 2020. Governor Ralph Northam approved the initial course, which the Yunkin administration is now revising. The current materials have removed some guidance on inclusive language. State employees who spoke to the Virginia Mercury say they find the language offensive and insensitive. Virginians will have a difficult time challenging any new state laws that would restrict abortion if the U.S. Supreme Court decides to overturn Roe v. Wade. Neil Devins, a law professor at the College of William and Mary, says there are limited legal options in state court. The Virginia Supreme Court tends to interpret the Virginia Constitution in lockstep with the federal Constitution. And it's unlikely that the Virginia Supreme Court would find a path to recognize a state constitutional right to abortion if the U.S. Supreme Court says there's no federal constitutional right. Devon says siding with the federal government is a long-standing tradition of Virginia's highest court, but that could change as the General Assembly elects new judges. A new drug tested at the University of Virginia now has full approval from the FDA for adults hospitalized with COVID-19. The drug, called baricitinib, is only the second drug to be approved for such cases. It can be given to patients who are receiving supplemental oxygen or are on ventilators. The approval is based on the results from treatment trials that took place in 2020 and 2021. The Virginia Rent Relief Program, which provided pandemic eviction relief, is closing to new applications after this Sunday. Margaret Barthel from partner station WAMU has more. The program uses federal aid money to pay rent for people who have been financially affected by the pandemic and who meet certain income requirements. 
The program has given out more than $700 million since June 2020, says Michelle Cracker, who leads the Northern Virginia Affordable Housing Alliance. Federal funding has been such a lifeline, such a a savior for these families. That funding is beginning to run out. What's left will be prioritized for especially low-income people and those who have been out of work for more than 90 days. Applicants can go online or call 1-833-RENT-RELIEF for help. That was Margaret Barthel reporting. Virginia's native tribes have been awarded more than $1.4 million for a range of projects. Virginia Senators Mark Warner and Tim Kaine announced the grant yesterday. The money will pay for housing development and services and crime prevention. The largest share will go to the Monacan Indian Nation in Madison Heights, followed by the Chickahominy Tribe and Upper Mattapani Tribe. The funding comes in the wake of legislation led by Senators Warner and Kaine to federally recognize six Virginia tribes in 2018. The Pine Grove-Rosenwald School Project has received a nearly $300,000 grant to help with preservation efforts. The funding from the National Park Service is specifically for projects to protect historical sites related to the African-American struggle for equality. The 100-year-old elementary school was one of six Rosenwald schools specifically built for black students in Cumberland County. It closed in 1964 after the school was desegregated. In total, the National Park Service selected 44 projects from 15 states to receive these grants this year. The Richmond Times-Dispatch recently published an investigation that revealed 23 Virginia school districts have pulled certain books from school libraries over the past two years. Reporters Jess Nocera and Sean McGoey spoke with VPM News education reporter Megan Pauley about their findings. Thank you both so much for being here. Thanks for having us. Thank you. According to your reporting, Genderqueer, an audiobiographical graphic novel by a non-binary and asexual author, was the most challenged book in Virginia, having been removed from the shelves of five school districts, including Hanover County. Why was this book challenged and ultimately removed? And were similar reasons cited for other books with LGBTQ themes that were also pulled? Yeah. Genderqueer is this autobiographical novel about someone who comes to terms with the fact that they are not like the people that they see around them. And part of that journey is discovering a certain type of sexuality that they were not necessarily aware of. And and that involves a lot of experimentation along the way. So this drew ire from parents in several school districts across the state because they're, they're saying This is really detailed depictions of sexual activity and with the added wrinkle, because it's a graphic novel, that these are actually visual representations. Some parents are even claiming that this makes it a form of pornography that's being given to their kids. And that is actually something that we see a lot with books that deal with sex and sexuality and especially LGBTQ issues, you know, that it's being seized upon. We even hear the sort of national buzzword du jour of grooming being associated with some of these books. So, yeah, I mean, that, that is something that happens a lot. And I understand school districts are supposed to have a formal review process in place when books are challenged. What are the review processes in place at, at the districts where titles are ultimately pulled from, from library shelves? So a common process that I've seen, a complaint is filed normally by a parent and then a committee is set up and they read and review the book. But in some cases, it's kind of becoming a trend. Sometimes parents just speak out about a book title at a school board meeting. Sometimes they do follow up with the complaint 
Sometimes they don't. And the book is just taken off the shelf before the committee actually sits down and reads it. When in reality, the books are supposed to stay on the shelves while the committee reviews it. And then the decision is made whether or not to take it off. And which books, any in particular, that that were pulled before the review process? In Henrico County, Out of Darkness, all eight copies were immediately pulled for review. Did all eight copies need to be pulled? I don't know. Um, I don't know how large their committee was. In some cases, school districts said, well, we needed to pull them all off so that the committee could read them. I don't know if that was the situation here. But in the end, all eight copies were put back on the shelves. And even even once a committee has decided it's not necessarily final, Fairfax County actually, you know, decided to keep both Genderqueer and Lawn Boy, which were two of the most banned books in America, uh, according to a study by Pen America. Their committees decided to keep those two books on the shelves, but the parent who initially challenged them is actually appealing at the decision. So they're back under review. So, you know, it, this this process is often long and kind of messy. What's been the reaction from school librarians and other community members you've spoken with about their reaction to these books being pulled from library shelves? Every single librarian I spoke with said a parent has, you know, the right of their individual child or their children to decide what they can and cannot read, but they don't have the autonomy to decide that for all children. But that is kind of what is playing out. That has been the theme of this, besides seeing a couple of the same book titles wanting to be banned. You also just have all parents trying to speak for all all children and say this book isn't good for all children. Do you anticipate protests or, or walkouts? What is the reaction from others you've been hearing? Something I I have wondered about, because actually when I did speak with um, Zeta Elliott, she was telling me how another one of her books had been banned in um, York, Pennsylvania, and then students actually protested that, and the book went back on the shelf. So I'm curious to see if something like that plays out somewhere here in Virginia. I mean, I think we're already seeing kids step up in other ways to want to, you know, voice, you know, find their voice and share it. You know, earlier this week were all the uh, walkouts about Roe v. Wade. So I don't know. I think it's only a matter of time to see kids um, responding to this as well. Well, thank you for your excellent reporting on this issue. Thanks. Thank you. That was Jess Nocera and Sean McGoey from the Richmond Times-Dispatch speaking with VPM News' Megan Pauley. You can see a full list of books that have been pulled from Virginia school libraries at vpm.org news. Some of these stories were produced with assistance from the Public Media Journalists Association Editor Corps, funded by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, a private corporation funded by the American people. This has been the VPM Daily Newscast. Some of these stories may have changed since the newscast was recorded. You can stay connected to what matters by heading to vpm.org news or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at MyVPM. VPM. I'm Speech Thomas from the hip-hop crew Arrested Development. 
on the new VPM podcast, Track Change. I take you behind the walls of Richmond City Jail, where I help four men record an album and hear how they're trying to break free from a cycle of addiction and incarceration. Been so long since I've been free. Subscribe to Track Change in your podcast app.